Good afternoon. Blowing in like an atmospheric river to bring you today's news, I'm Paige Browning from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Here's what happened today. It's Monday, December 4th. Batten down the hatches. We've got a whole lot of rain and wind coming our way. A flood watch is in effect for much of western Washington until early Thursday morning. Two words explain what's coming. Atmospheric river. Here's National Weather Service meteorologist Reed Wolcott. We're really concerned about anything from about King County up through Skagit County. That's where the, the most significant river flooding is going to be. But really anywhere in western Washington has rivers that are susceptible to precipitation amounts that we're looking at over the next couple of days. Let's talk numbers. One to three inches of rain in Seattle and other lowlands tonight and tomorrow, up to 10 inches in the mountains. Wind gusts reaching 30 to 45 miles per hour with the heftiest gusts along the coast and the Bellingham area. And obviously that can bring uh, limited power outages and rearrange your Christmas decorations pretty effectively. Weather starts to clear up a bit by the end of this week. Seattle's airline giant is about to get even bigger. Alaska Air Group has announced that it will buy Hawaiian Airlines for nearly $2 billion. Alaska Air wants to fly more places, but has bumped up against space constraints at SeaTac Airport. That's according to John Ostrauer, editor-in-chief at the Air Current, an industry news site. So you look at sort of a strategy that says, how do you grow for the rest of the decade? And Hawaiian was the answer where they look at the network across the Pacific, connecting uh, the mainland to Hawaii, but also some really interesting opportunities for them to potentially begin to think about international and go into Asia. The deal is expected to close in 2025, but it will need federal approval. Alaska is the fifth largest carrier in North America. Hawaiian Airlines will keep its name and decorative lay-wrapped planes. For the first time, one of the three Tacoma police officers charged with killing Manny Ellis took the stand today. His name? Officer Matthew Collins. KNKX reporter Jared Brown has the story. Officer Matthew Collins is on trial for second-degree murder and manslaughter. He testified he first saw Ellis, a black man, late at night standing in the intersection of 96 and Ainsworth, grabbing at a car driving by. Collins said he called out to Ellis who jogged over to the patrol car and said he had warrants. Collins said the 33-year-old was wide-eyed, sweaty, and carrying a grocery bag. As he went to sit on the curb, Collins said he started staring at his partner, Officer Christopher Burbank. I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm watching him, and there's a brief interchange where they kind of say something, and then all of a sudden he starts punching the window. Collins testified he got out of the patrol car and was running to help his partner when Ellis lifted him up by his vest and threw him down. That's something no one else has reported seeing, including Collins' own partner. Three motorists have testified they watched the two officers get out of the patrol car and said Ellis had been walking on the sidewalk. Collins also testified he didn't hear Ellis say, I can't breathe, which was captured multiple times in a recording from a nearby doorbell camera. Eyewitnesses also testified hearing this. I was focused on his hands and I was focusing on getting him in handcuffs and I didn't hear any of that. Asked about the audio that captures Ellis saying he couldn't breathe and an officer responding to, shut the expletive up, man. 
Collins said it was probably him because his partner doesn't swear. Collins is accused of punching Ellis excessively and using a neck hold to get him into handcuffs and hogtie him, which is the position he was in when he died. Jared Brown, KNKX News. A former UW medicine doctor has permanently surrendered his medical license. He's accused of fertility fraud for allegedly swapping a donor's sperm with his own during a procedure in California in 2009. Diana Apong has the details today. Patients of Dr. Christopher Herndon have been notified that he surrendered his medical license to the Washington Medical Commission. According to an email sent to former patients, Herndon surrendered his license last month, reportedly due to an allegation that he inseminated a fertility patient with his sperm rather than that of the requested donor. In a statement, UW Medicine says they currently have no evidence of impropriety at the clinic and, quote, the safeguards in place should prevent an incident like the one alleged to have occurred. Herndon worked as an associate professor of obstetrics and gynecology at the School of Medicine and as a physician at the Reproductive Care Clinic for six years. All former patients who have questions or concerns can get free DNA testing and can call a dedicated phone line. The number is 206-520-8755. That's 206-520-8755. Diana Pong, KUOW News. now. Have you heard of grade inflation? It was big during the pandemic, and a new UW study finds it has not stopped. But test scores, on the other hand, those are getting worse. Sammy West reports. In 2020, when schools were closed during COVID, state education officials recommended that schools not fail students. That contributed to a rise in average grades in math, English, and science for middle and high school students. Even though schools have returned to normal, a new UW study finds grades are still up. At the same time, test scores remain far below where they were before the pandemic. Maya Goodman-Young co-authored the study. She says the mismatch is something that needs to be addressed. If grades no longer mean what they meant before the pandemic, I think we need to know that so that we can sort of adjust how we target interventions. Goodman-Young says parents and educators should be cautious not to use grades as a sole measure of how students are doing academically. Sammy West, KUOW News. While grades are up, voting is down. Way, way down. Washington Secretary of State Steve Hobbs says he's disappointed in the continuing downtrend in voter participation. Tallies show fewer than 37 percent of registered voters in Washington returned their ballots in last month's general election. It's never been that low since the state started keeping count in 1936. The thing that we got to work on is more civics education, more urging people to go to the polls. And so this office is doing what it can. Hobbs says the voter total was low in part because there was no statewide race or measure on the ballot for the first time in 50 years. From our food corner today, it has been a tough year for food banks. Pandemic aid expired and donations are in decline. And then another plate dropped. More than a dozen hunger relief groups across Washington are losing support from Northwest Harvest, a major food bank supplier. One of them is University District Food Bank. Joe Gruber is executive director. It's unfortunate that it's coming on the heels of a year by which we've been 50 percent busier and seen a 10 percent reduction in our donated food. Gruber says his organization has already started to receive fewer food donations from Northwest Harvest. 
As part of a gradual phase-out ending in 2024, the reasons for Northwest Harvest's change are unclear. Husky fans and football players are riding high this week. The University of Washington football team is one of the four headed to the college football playoff. They're undefeated and now ranked second nationwide. UW plays Texas in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans New Year's Day. And finally, here's what else is happening today. Fred Hutch Cancer Center officials are telling patients to monitor their bank statements and credit reports. Hackers broke into the computer networks two weeks ago. The breach happened on the clinical network, and Fred Hutch has a forensic security firm investigating. A large school for children with disabilities in Washington is closing its doors amid an investigation that students were harmed. The Seattle Times and ProPublica report that the Northwest School of Innovation Learning in Tacoma will shutter in January. It faces accusations of injuries to students and failure to provide basic education. And a man from Mount Vernon just became one of the first ever patients treated with a new Alzheimer's drug. The drug lecanemab has been shown to reduce cognitive decline in some patients, according to UW Medicine. And that's a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another News Roundup. See ya!